This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It was a little bit um, disconcerting to kind of walk up to the door and realize that we were going to be able to uh, use our debit or credit card. More payment problems as Moneris faces network issues on one of the busiest shopping days of the year. When we do something like this together that's scary, um, it doesn't hurt as much. Brave souls on the North Shore take a chilly dip for a heartwarming cause. How charities are holding up this holiday season. Thank you so much for everyone. Thank you, I appreciate it. Thank you. The new beginning in BC for a family on a years-long run from the Taliban. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thanks for joining us. A touching arrival at the Comox Valley Airport on Vancouver Island today. A family forced to flee their home in Afghanistan, coming to Canada as refugees, all with the help of a dedicated group of volunteers who call Comox home. Paul Johnson has the story. A welcome party at Comox Valley Airport and the exhilaration of a community about to meet some new members for the first time. I'm nervous and I'm super excited and we brought some presents for the, uh, for the kids that, who are coming. I don't think they've ever had Christmas presents ever in their lives. They're waiting to greet the Ahmadi family whose epic journey to Canada began in tragedy and terror. What happened with this family is that the uh, patriarch, uh, Gull's father, was executed on the street by the Taliban because he refused to hand his 16-year-old daughter over for marriage to a Taliban fighter. It's a challenging issue for Canadian forces. Kandahar, Afghanistan is a place familiar to many Canadians. The Taliban stronghold was the focus of Canada's mission there during the NATO occupation, and dozens of Canadian soldiers died fighting them. It's also home to the Ahmadis, seen here in their escape from Kandahar after Gul followed his father's example and stood up to the Taliban. They shot and wounded him and forced the family into exile in Pakistan. It's been miracle after miracle of their lives being saved. Michelle Downey found out about the Ahmadis from friends, formed an ad hoc group to sponsor them, and raised almost $70,000 to make it happen. Mid-morning, the Ahmadis finally set foot in their new country. Ghoul, his wife and their five daughters got their first experience both of Canada and of the Christmas season. Ghoul was already starting to feel like family with his sponsors. I said, yeah, he's my grandpa. Swear to God. They feel it's very good. They feel uh, and they're so thankful and grateful from all of the team. Nothing like some Comox Christmas spirit to take the edge off the jet lag. I didn't see The Amatis have been set up in a house in Campbell River where they'll begin their new lives as British Columbians. Paul Johnson, Global News. Canada's first doctor of South Asian descent has died at the age of 92. 
Dr. Gurdev Singh Gill immigrated to Canada at the age of 18 from his home village of Karuti in India, settling in Duncan on Vancouver Island in 1949. He went on to become the first South Asian to graduate with a medical degree from UBC, as well as the first South Asian doctor in Canada, practicing in New Westminster for 40 years. His family says he arrived in Canada during a time when South Asians were not treated as equal members of society, and he fought hard to change that. For my grandfather, one thing that he never uh, liked was when he saw injustice taking place. And he always felt that he could do something about it. And so in the 1950s, um, he was advocating for greater rights for South Asian immigrants. And he uh, traveled to Ottawa uh, with a delegation uh, and met with uh, Prime Minister Diefenbaker at the time. He met with the provincial government. Um, and he advocated for better human rights for people here, but also um, better rights for uh, you know Canadians overall um, throughout his time. And um, you know, it's it's yet a profound, profound impact beyond just the medical profession. Dr. Gill retired from practicing medicine in 1995 and helped improve the lives of millions in Punjab through the Indian Friendship Society, which he founded, supporting 25 villages by improving access to drinking water, helping construct wastewater treatment plants, and providing local schools with computers. A BC politician says the mayor of Brampton is showing us the way to deal with extortions. We've got some of the best investigators in the country with appeal police, and there'll be zero tolerance for this type of criminal behavior. Patrick Brown took to X, formerly known as Twitter, to announce a new task force aimed at stamping out business extortions targeting businesses owned by members of the South Asian community. Police there are dealing with a similar pattern to what we've seen on the Lower Mainland. Letters demanding money or else the recipient faces a violent reprisal. Brampton is striking a task force to deal with the issue involving police intelligence and investigative units along with tactical teams. Local governments need to realize that they have the ability to make changes. They have the ability to ensure that task force of this nature are put together immediately to deal with the problems that their constituents are facing. And this is a significant problem in highly dense populated areas with the South Asian community. BC Solicitor General Mike Farnworth has said that police are taking the threats very seriously, but the situation demands coordination with a whole range of police forces, including foreign agencies, to deal with what appears to be gang activity from outside the country. Shoppers downtown were surprised when Vancouver police used force to take down a suspect this afternoon. Oi, Police used a beanbag and projectile gun to stop a person said to be armed with a weapon. Officers surrounded the suspect and took them into custody on the sidewalk. The incident happened in the 1000 block of Granville around 2.30. Several projectiles could be seen littering the ground. There's no word yet why the arrest happened or if there were any injuries. We have reached out to Vancouver Police for details. For the second day in a row, troubles with a major payment system have foiled some last-minute shopping plans. The Indigo in downtown Vancouver was one of the stores affected by an outage at Moneris. The company calls itself Canada's top payment solutions provider, but for a time late this morning, machines would not accept debit or credit card payments, leaving shoppers to come up with creative solutions.
Just doing a little bit of uh, last minute shopping and uh, it was a little bit um, disconcerting to kind of walk up to the door and realize that we weren't going to be able to uh, use our debit or credit card. But uh, we, uh, we found a workaround pretty quickly because uh, they were able to do a gift card sales outside. So we had the brilliant idea of buying a gift card and then going in and making our purchase. Although they seemed a little surprised. <laughs> By mid-afternoon, Moneris posted a message saying the problem has been resolved and the company is continuing to monitor the situation. Dozens of people taking time out of their busy holiday schedule to take a plunge today in West Vancouver. It was all in a good cause, raising money for people who need it. And as Julia Foy reports, there are still plenty of needs to be met this holiday season. Now is the time if you are plunging to take off your clothes, all right? <laughs> a group of North Shore residents gathered on Dunderave Beach in West Vancouver Saturday morning as part of a plunge for purpose. Numbums is our name and we put it out there that we're going to have a fundraiser and everyone's gathering to hop in the water. The first annual frozen dip was inspired by a doctor who came face to face with people struggling with life. The people with sort of sicknesses and illnesses that um, obviously are a big deal for people, but if they don't have the basic necessities, it's so much harder to treat that. All proceeds from the fundraiser will go to the charity The Harvest Project. So many people who would think about the North Shore would think it's a very wealthy, um, well-to-do community, but the poverty here is hidden, um, so people could hide more so in trees and different places, but we want to get to them before um, they're, they're in that situation. The 2023 Metro Vancouver homeless count found 4,821 people had no place to live in the region, up 32% since 2020. Coffee, hot chocolate, or tea. At night shift in Surrey City Centre, up to 100 people a night can buy for hot food, medical attention, and personal care products. We basically are an outreach organization, meaning that we go where the need is. We serve a hot meal every night. We have been um, for 365 nights a year for 20 years. On Friday night, some children from Abbotsford came out to help. We make food for the homeless people out on the streets who don't have enough money to buy their own meals. Night Shift is also looking for more volunteers and donations. We recently visited Joshua House Recovery Ministries in Chilliwack and Abbotsford who are facing a $70,000 shortfall in next year's budget. But some angel investors came to the rescue. Thank you so, so much for your generosity. It was amazing to see uh, how much outpouring there was to help men get off the streets and get off alcohol and drugs and have a new hope and have uh, a, a good uh, Christmas season this year uh, and helping us keep our doors open. So if you're wanting to provide a little warmth to others this season, there are plenty of ways to do it. Julia Foy, Global News. Still ahead, a new place to play. The Vancouver Park Board opens the city's newest park for a growing neighborhood. We'll show you where it is. And the warning for anyone traveling through the icy mountain passes this weekend. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level 
today. That's shopify.com slash system. Despite efforts from the Coast Guard, a boat crashed onshore Habitat Island in False Creek this morning, a problem local residents say they are seeing too often. Efforts began yesterday when the Coast Guard began pulling two boats away from the shore. The boats are presumably occupied with homeless individuals. Nearby residents say the conditions on board are unhealthy, but it is what some people have had to resort to. It's terrible because they're living in there. There's all kinds of mold in them. It's very unhealthy. It's very cold on the boats. And it's not a very hospitable living environment. And my heart goes out to them because I see this kind of thing all the time. Like this is mildly annoying to some of us, but that's a horrible tragedy for the person who actually has to depend upon this. Holiday travelers are being warned that mountain passes are slippery. Snow fell at higher elevations last night. The Coquihalla was closed for a couple of hours after a multi-vehicle crash. The contractor that takes care of those area highways, YRB Nicola, is warning that the snowfall paired with a drop in temperatures led to icy sections on Highway 5 and Highway 97C this morning. Impaired driving and speed are suspected to be factors in a crash that took out a string of parked vehicles in a residential Kelowna neighborhood yesterday evening. Police were called to Caramillo Road shortly after 8 p.m. because of reports of a vehicle smashing into parked cars. One car and one van were hit and an F-150 pickup truck was pushed several meters up the street. Witnesses say a young man was given a roadside breath test at the scene before he was taken away by an ambulance. The investigation continues. BC's top court has upheld a multi-million dollar award to a woman who suffered catastrophic injuries when she was hit by a Jeep five years ago. Tracy Ann Ward was walking with her sister on Saanich Road in August 2018 when they were hit. Kim Ward died and Tracy was left with devastating brain injuries. The driver was found guilty of impaired driving after he consumed methamphetamine and another drug, then fell asleep at the wheel. A judge awarded the survivor more than $5.5 million in compensation and to cover future care. This week, the Court of Appeal upheld the decision. Vancouver has officially opened a brand new park in the city's East Fraserlands neighborhood. It's temporarily being called Promontory Park, and the city says it's meant to serve the growing neighborhood right in between Marine Way and East Sawmill Crescent. The new park features a brand new playground, green spaces, pathways, large planting areas, and a giant bird slide. Residents say they're thrilled with the new addition. Oh, it's been great. Like, you know, it was just a patch of the land for a long time, right? So, um, yeah, we, we live like right there. So we've been looking at, uh, you know, the construction like every day. They're waiting for every day. So, yeah, I was super happy about it. I think we're going to be using every day. The new park will also form a vital green space connection from Champlain Heights to the riverfront. A final name for the park will be decided through the city's official park naming process. The first few cars of the newest generation of the SkyTrain have arrived in Burnaby. Here's a look at the Mark V SkyTrain. It arrived this week from Kingston, Ontario. The train will undergo rigorous testing beginning in the new year and taking place for much of 2024. 40 remaining Mark V SkyTrains will gradually join the fleet entering into service in 2028. Still to come, how much sugar is in your holiday treats? We hear from BC bakeries trying to keep things sweet 
as the Rogers sugar strike drags on. And Ukraine marks a second Christmas under Russia's invasion. Why much-needed American aid for the war effort is being held up. Fighting between Ukraine and Russia is set to enter its third year in the coming days. But there are concerns out of Kyiv that they won't have the supplies to hold off the Russian military unless a new aid package agreement is struck in Washington. Mackenzie Gray has more on why Republicans are holding up additional aid. Christmas came early for the Ukrainian military. Three Russian Su-34 jets, one of Moscow's most modern fighters, allegedly shot down. May every Russian pilot know for sure that there will be an answer to every Russian murderer, said Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. None will remain unpunished. But further Russian punishment is largely reliant on American aid, which is soon to run out. We have one more security assistance package available to us before the end of this year, before we run out of replenishment authority to replenish the stocks and the inventories. The Biden administration is hoping to give $60 billion worth of replenishments to Kyiv, but Republicans have been holding up that aid, tying new Ukraine money to fresh cash for border security. Even with that strategy, some senior Republicans still support the fight against Russia. It's a dangerous world, one that doesn't reward weakness. America needs to show that we haven't forgotten how to lead. But that message isn't landing with the base. A new poll showing 62% of Republicans think the U.S. is doing too much to help Ukraine, up from 50% in July. And that Republican resistance is holding up further attacks on Russia, a top Ukrainian general told Reuters. That account backed up by the former Ukrainian defense minister, in an interview with NBC. We understand uh, that there is a political process and so on. It's just uh, it's just like they need to remember that every day or months of delayed assistance, uh, that's somebody's life on stake. The, the fact that some politicians don't realize that, uh, that's uh, quite concerning, I have to say. But Ukrainian politicians unfazed by American political posturing. I'm confident that the United States will not let us down. And... What we have agreed in the United States will be fulfilled. A commitment to Zelensky that will be put to the test in the new year. Mackenzie Gray, Global News, Ottawa. Add another commodity to the list of items getting more expensive this year, and this one hits home right on your breakfast table. The price of orange juice is on the rise. Sam Brock explains why. There's nothing better than a freshly squeezed glass of OJ but it's been pretty pricey to get your hands on America's favorite juice. I would say nationwide the consumer should be concerned. The cost of orange juice in the U.S. skyrocketing this year to more than $4 a pound. And while the futures price has come back a little bit, it's still historically high. All of it thanks to Mother Nature. This year's orange crop got hammered by a combination of both disease and bad weather. Tonight, Florida has been rocked back on its heels. Towards the end of 2022, Hurricane Ian and Hurricane Nicole ran roughshod through Florida, critical farms flooding and oranges dropping from trees. Why is your orange juice so expensive? Because we are running out with our number one quality fruit. Robert and Lisa Marie Roth own Bob Roth's New River Groves. It's a major citrus grove in Florida that's been squeezing out oranges since 1964. They say their farm is dealing with another sticky situation, the incurable infection of citrus greening spreading rapidly across the orange crop. The greening will, will destroy the fruit, destroy the trees. You can't sell the fruit. 
if they don't find uh, satisfactory remedies to all these diseases, uh, it could possibly go under completely. Their once flourishing farm has taken a major blow. They say that they've lost about 50% of their orange groves in just the last 15 years. I've kind of adjusted to the fact that it's going downhill and it's going out. The business now forced to shift gears, focusing on agritourism and planting things like mango trees. And they're hardly alone. Florida as a whole took a major hit as the biggest supplier of oranges in the country. The forecast for orange production in the state this season more than halved from just two seasons ago, that according to the USDA. And the bottom line, that could mean orange juice will continue to squeeze your wallet. Every time there's uh, something else that happens in the state of Florida, the prices go up because uh, there's less fruit. But Lisa Marie trying to see the bright side. You never know what's going to happen. I'd like to be optimistic about it, that we will get a change in the fruit and that we will have citrus to ship all over the country for our customers. Sam Brock, NBC News. The effects of an ongoing sugar strike in Vancouver are being felt across the province. The Rogers sugar strike started in late September and attempts at reaching a settlement have been unsuccessful. In Kamloops, bakeries are finding alternative supplies and relying on dwindling stocks to keep the goodies flowing this holiday season. We get the story from CFJC News. There have been moments of concern around whether they'd be able to have enough sugar for holiday treats, but the display cases at Brin's Bakery are filled and orders are going out as planned. So we do lots of like Christmas cookies and bars and we've been doing a holiday goodie box and so that everything in that takes some type of sugar. The local shop was aware of the potential for a short sugar supply and apparently so are customers. Lots of people, when they're ordering, they're just making sure, the, you know, asking about the sugar and, you know, that's nice that they ask to make sure that we have enough to fill their orders. Harvest Moon Bakery has also made it through the pre-Christmas season without much disruption. Got some sugar cookies that we're making. We use about five or six different sugars here, so we're a lot easier able to plan for, oh, if this one's yeah. going to be short, we'll use more of this one. We primarily use organic cane sugar here, so that one's not as popular as some of the other like white refined sugars yeah. and such. Harvest Moon sources ingredients from within the region and says larger operations who rely solely on lower mainland suppliers will see more of an immediate impact, along with the average consumer looking for a bag of sugar at the grocery store. Our supplier said as long as we're not trying to stock up and hoard it, that will be all right. We've noticed going just to get groceries and like the sugar aisle is empty. Uh, I got five bags of brown sugar and I've got six or seven bags of, of uh, granulated sugar, so I'm still doing okay. Even for one of the largest of the Kamloops shops, brown sugar supplies have been a worry at times, but Craig's Bakery has kept its shelves stocked. All the years I've been involved, which is 50 years, I've never had one of my main suppliers not have brown sugar. For Craig's, the supply and demand shift has resulted in a sugar cost increase, and they're hoping supply prices will ease up in the new year. Because it's a short-term thing, I haven't raised my prices because it's not an easy thing to go through your system and raise prices all over the place, so I've been taking that on the chin a little bit. For now, Camelot's bakers will keep firing up the ovens and making sure there's plenty of treats and breads available. Delana Nishaw, CFJC News. 
In health news, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration is warning consumers about counterfeit Ozempic. The FDA says it has seized thousands of units of fake Ozempic in the legitimate drug supply. On top of that, the agency says needles from the seizures are also fake, so their sterility cannot be confirmed. That means patients who use them face a higher risk of infection. The FDA has recorded five people who suffered adverse effects of using the fake drugs. Here in Canada, pharmacists say patients are facing a shortage of Ozempic in some formats. The shortage is expected to continue until early 2024. Still ahead, Yvonne's got the forecast. Is there any snow on the way for the mountains? The mild weather has at least one ski hill closing down, a major blow for a seasonal business. Experts have confirmed the intense wildfire storm near Gold Bridge back in August was indeed a fire-generated tornado. An investigation by the Northern Tornadoes Project says it's the first fire-generated tornado to be recorded by them. It happened in the early morning of August 18th on the shore of Gun Lake, north of Pemberton. It met all of the definitions of a tornado, but it was not as intense as a fire-generated thunderstorm as no lightning flashes were detected. It's still unclear how much damage the tornado itself caused. The Downton Lake blaze destroyed dozens of properties in the area and forced weeks-long evacuations. And Yvonne joins us now. I don't think there's any tornadoes in your forecast. Things are a bit milder now. Yeah, a bit milder, and we're looking ahead, especially for our Christmas Day forecast. Thank you so much, Travis. Uh, good evening, everyone. Wanted to show you, start off with some video that was captured by our cameraman, Pat Bell. Great shot of the moon. Now, keep your eyes to the skies. We've got the cold moon. It's set to arrive on the 26th. We'll have to look out for it. Just a few areas across the province will be able to capture that full moon that is moving in on the 26th, but a spectacular shot and a special shout-out, and thank you to our Pat Bell for capturing that. A look at what we're seeing right now, though. It's clear out there. Temperatures are sitting at four. It is going to be chilly once again. Temperatures will dip down below the freezing mark. We'll have a frosty start to the morning, but then it is going to be mild as we're tracking this frontal system. Now, this next weather maker, the big weather story, especially along the northern and central regions of the province, will be the winds. We are going to track some precipitation that's already moving across the region, but the winds will pick up this evening, continuing in towards tomorrow. But we've got two periods of winds. Another wave is going to move in once again for Monday night. Excuse me. A little hiccup in my throat. And then as we get in towards the evening hours, that'll be for tomorrow night for areas along the south coast. So the afternoon and then as we get in towards the evening, we are going to look at uh, rain moving in across the area. Now, if you're traveling along the mountain passes, we do have some fog across the region. The Coquihalla, we are seeing that fog. It'll dissipate. It'll be dry through the day for tomorrow. It's just areas along the Sea to Sky, light snowfall for the afternoon and leading in towards the evening hours. Now, we are tracking some wind. The following areas with the wind warnings that are in effect, that criteria and what we're anticipating, 90 gusts of up to 110 kilometers per hour. North and central coast in the northern tip of Vancouver Island as we'll see very windy conditions and the potentials there even leading in towards next week. I wanted to show our long-range forecast if you're making plans over the holidays. Now Monday, Tuesday so far it'll be wet. Windy at times even leading in towards our Wednesday and then towards the end of the week by Friday we could start to see a bit of a drying trend, a nice break between systems but it is going to be mild in the coming days with a few spots even getting into the double digits. The wind's the big weather story especially along the northern and central regions. We will see periods of very windy conditions conditions even continuing in towards our Wednesday. 
Most areas across the central interior will be seeing some breaks. Fog for the morning hours dissipating, some sunshine through the afternoon. And areas along the south coast, it's the northern and western regions that we are seeing very windy conditions. Lower mainland, we do have uh, that shower activity, rain moving in towards the afternoon. So far, soggy one for our Christmas day. We are seeing highs up to 8. It'll be windy at times. Boxing Day, double digits. And leading in towards our Wednesday, we're up to 11 degrees. Travis? I thought maybe you were just getting a little choked up with the lack of snow. <laughs> it could be. I feel like a lot of people, I don't know, a little, just a little tickle in my throat, but thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Yvonne. In north central BC, Mother Nature is up to her strange ways and it's adversely affecting businesses in the Prince George area that rely on snow to make a go of it. We get the story from CKPG News. It's not a familiar sound in late December at the Hart Ski Hill, the sound of trickling water outside. And the sign says it all, closed due to weather, unseasonably warm weather that has coated the slopes in standing water and ice. Heartbreaking. Absolutely. I mean, that's the last thing we want to do is close, but um, it's too dangerous and we don't want to take any chances with any of the kids. So all we can do and hope for is colder weather and the rain to stop and the snow guns to run. And Speaking of snow guns, there needs to be specific conditions to be able to use those guns, minus three at least. Across town at the Outway Nordic Ski Club, the trails are also closed with safety being the big concern, but as well as the condition of the trails. Uh, right now it's just be safe, uh, be patient. We know the season will come. We are excited for the season to come, uh, but we don't want people out here uh, getting hurt. And um, yeah, that's, that's just the goal is to have the best season possible and um, just be patient for now. And last year the club was closed over Christmas, but for a very different reason. Yeah, we were closed for the probably a week last year because of the cold temperatures, and now we're closed because of the warm temperatures and water. So. At the Hart Ski Hill, the hope is Mother Nature will cooperate just a little. We just need some more stove to cover uh, some of the grounds that you can see that are opened a bit, but um, it won't take us much to get there. It really won't. So, doing the snow dance? We are definitely doing the snow dance. If we had employees here, they'd all be out here doing that. Christmas Day is looking hopeful with a high of minus six. So here's to hoping Santa brings some snow. Cheryl Jan, CKPG News. Yeah, you don't want to see raindrops on a ski hill. No, we that need Santa yeah. to Christmas miracle. That doesn't look like Prince George weather no. in December, does it? No. It's quite balmy. <laughs> Uh, Canucks atop the NHL mountain right now. Uh, yeah, they certainly are. And uh, final game for the Canucks and for the NHL, actually, before the three-day Christmas break starts tomorrow. They play the Sharks. And as you said, they're in first place. Everyone's in a good mood, including Coach Tockett, who was uh, particularly uh, entertaining at his morning press conference. So we'll have some of that. <laughs> and uh, that kid, Connor Bedard, uh, dazzling again tonight, scored another goal that we've not seen him score before. Uh, always entertaining, that kid from North Vance. We'll have that coming up as well. Always a Connor highlight. Yeah, bring on the Bedard highlights. <laughs> it's very, very so fun to watch that. Oh, yeah. Okay, thanks, Barry. All right. After the break, no snow, no problem. Holiday sleigh rides are rolling along in the Okanagan, keeping up the Christmas spirit despite the lack of the white stuff. Right where we're standing, this is like ground zero. Some of the most iconic albums from the 80s and 90s were recorded right here in this Vancouver studio. It's a combination of the building and the people. We're here to make a record. We're not here to have a party. But we look up from the console and they're gone. Well, you have to be half shrink, half producer. You see, we recorded Slippery When Wet right down the street.
In the Okanagan, it appears a white Christmas is off the table this year, but that isn't stopping the team from horse-drawn Okanagan from spreading a little holiday cheer. Sydney Morton takes us on a sleigh ride. I wanted to always go on one, and uh, grass or snow, we're still going to go. What can you do? Yeah. Uh, we're always prepared, so we're going out on wagons until hopefully we get some snow. Mm -hmm. So we have uh, wagons and we have sleighs that we can swap over on short notice. So hopefully that's the case, but if not, we still have a great Christmas feel. And between all the decorations and everyone's good spirits, it's feeling just like Christmas every year. A lack of snow can't keep the team from horse-drawn Okanagan from continuing this cherished holiday tradition. It's something that you don't experience every day. I get to experience it every day, but not many people do. So it takes everyone back in time. It's, it's slower, it's quieter. We don't have Wi-Fi on our wagons or sleighs. So it's, it, everyone is really engaged with the horses and we really enjoy it. What was so cool about it? That like, there was some humor and jokes. On the way. After the ride, families can grab a cup of hot cocoa and meet even more farm animals, including Willow the donkey, Snacks the pony, and Daisy, Dot, and Dolly the sheep. Horse-drawn Okanagan's sixth annual sleigh ride event in Spalamsheen runs from December 22nd until Christmas Eve, picking back up on Boxing Day until December 30th. Sydney Morton, Global News. After the break, Barry's here with sports. There's some NHL action tonight ahead of a three-day holiday break. The first place Canucks are facing off against the last in the league, San Jose Sharks at Rogers Arena. Double your donation at the Burnaby Hospital Foundation. The redevelopment campaign is underway and your donation will be generously matched by the Beattie family and help transform Burnaby Hospital into a modern campus of care for our families today and for generations to come. Ring in the new year with an epic 80s dance party with the Atari Radio Stars. Dress in your best 80s glitz and dance into 2024 with the biggest hits of the 80s. For RBC, I'm Yvonne Schell. No one connects you to your community better than BC's number one news. Global News Hour at 6. We are BC's News. Barry's here now. What a great time to be a Canucks fan. I mean, Christmas has come already for yeah. a lot of Canucks fans. Yeah, it's been pretty, pretty good. I mean, it's been easy to uh, complain about things for the last, I don't know, seven or eight years. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. You don't know what to do. You just cheer. It's been great. All right, thanks, Travis. The uh, Canucks can guarantee their perch atop the NHL standings heading into the Christmas break if they can beat last place San Jose tonight at Rogers Arena. Canucks are riding a 6-0-2 streak and have done pretty much everything right under Rick Tockett this season. The only drama recently is centered around Andre Kuzmenko, who will be back in the lineup tonight after being a healthy scratch the last two games. Coach Tockett having some fun with the media this morning over that situation. Rick uh, Kuzmenko back on the Pedersen line. I'm shocked that's my first question. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You guys are uh, relentless. What's the, the message to him as he goes back? I thought you were going to say, hey, we're in first place. How's that one? So I thought that should be the first one, but you know me, I don't, I don't rest on our laurels. Even the players? Oh, wow. okay. So let's start with first place then. Uh, how important is Actually, it? I don't really care about first place. <laughs> <laughs> I can't win. Poor Cal. Batch, man. Poor Batch. Uh, Sorry, buddy. No, no, no. Yeah, Koozie's in. 
you know, um, you know, I worked. We worked with him in Dallas on some stuff on the ice. Uh, no, all seriously, we worked on some stuff on his game, and um, you know, <clears throat> I think uh, he's got some juice. You know, I want to put him back in the, the first unit. Um, I actually like this practice on the, on the PP. We we got to get him to shoot the puck <clears throat> in attack mode, and if he does that, you know. Just be creative, do what you got to do. But I think those are the thing for me for him is to attack tonight, to attack the net, attack the play, uh, you know, attack that forecheck. You know, if you're the first guy, get in there. So I think I think he's going to do that tonight. What does the chance to go into the break in first place represent <laughs> for your group and what you've done to this point in the year? Yeah, I, I don't really look at you know. It's hard because you don't want to. You know, I don't think of first place. I just think of the process at where we're at. Um, and you know we've done some really good stuff this first. You know it's not half yet, um, but we got to make sure we, we the process is got. We have to get back to a little bit because I think you know a little bit uneven some of the games. I think we've put some good stretches, but there's some learning lessons in there. Um, and to be a first place team or to be a top team, there's going to be some stuff that we're going to have to 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 get better at. So I think that's what we look at. All right, Connor Bedard at it again. Only one goal in his last 10. How do you break a slump? How about go it and do it in style? Bedard from behind the net, his version of the Michigan or the lacrosse goal. Amazing skill to scoop it and then slam it in his 13th of the year. What can't he do? 4-2 Blackhawks, Bedard leading the way again. Now also today, the Golden Knights and Panthers rematch of last year's Stanley Cup final, but Vegas has a lot of injuries. Shea Theodore and both of their goalies out, so Yuri Patera, just his sixth NHL game in goal. He held the fort until the third when Carter Verhage will rip the wrister on the power play, his 16th to make it 3-2 Florida, and then two minutes later on another power play, Alex Barkov to Sam Reinhardt. And he turns and fires 19th of the year for the West Bend native and the Panthers. Do the Canucks a nice favor, beating the Golden Knights 4-2. Van can go two points up on Vegas with a win tonight. Meanwhile, Stars and Predators, Dallas fresh off that overtime win uh, against the Canucks Thursday. Stars were down 2-1, final minute, extra attacker. 15 seconds left. Craig Smith, who played nine seasons in Nashville, burns his former team, ties it at two. And then incredibly, 11 seconds later, Yanni Hockenpah wins it for Dallas. Two goals in the final 15 seconds. That's a tough loss for the Predators. 3-2 Dallas wins. Canada got some good news today at the World Junior Hockey Championships, which start Boxing Day in Gothenburg, Sweden. Macklin Celebrini will not be suspended for his hit from behind in a pre-tournament game yesterday versus the Swiss. He did get a major and a game misconduct for boarding, but he avoided a suspension, and he'll be ready to go for Canada December 26th versus Finland. Celebrini also in the lineup today for Canada's final tune-up versus the gold medal-favored United States. First period, Canada down one, but Guess who ties it? It's Macklin Celebrini. Uh, maybe one of the uglier goals he's ever scored. It, he may have kicked that in, but there's no video review uh, during the preseason or pre-tournament game, so it counts. It's 1-1. Americans have a lot of skill. Ryan Leonard showing it off here. Beautiful move in front. USA would build a 5-3 lead after two. They can really score, but Canada rallies, and it's Celebrini with the slap pass. Set up a goal like this yesterday. And it looked like uh, Jordan Dume got a stick on it, but actually the American player who knocked it in. So it's Celebrini's goal, the second of the game. Went to overtime, tied at 5. Owen Beck, who got a great goal yesterday, gives it away. And Lane Hudson scores the winner. 6-5 U.S. the final in overtime. Canada opens the tournament Tuesday, Boxing Day, 5.30 a.m. our time versus Finland. 
National Lacrosse League. Vancouver Warriors played their first road game under Kurt Miloski, and it was close, but they fall 13-11 at Rochester, so the Warriors 1-2. Rochester still unbeaten at 3-0. The Seahawks are still in the NFC playoff picture following their big win at home against Philadelphia. Backup quarterback Drew Locke had the drive of his life to essentially save the Seahawks season versus Philly. But it'll be Geno Smith back at the helm tomorrow morning at the Tennessee Titans. Another must win for Seattle. This is a really good week of practice. Uh, Gino was fantastic. He had a great day today. So he's totally back and in, in, in primed and all that. Um, feeling pretty good about a lot of that, you know, getting guys back on track. We still have some guys we're concerned about, but uh, all in all, uh, we had a great week and we're looking forward to a, a heck of a ball game, a heck of a challenge. In some Saturday NFL action, Bengals and Steelers both fighting for an AFC playoff spot. Mason Rudolph starting for the Steelers, his first start in over two years. But it's a good time of year for Rudolph's, the one that pulls Santa's sleigh, and apparently for ones who are NFL quarterbacks. Rudolph to George Pickens, who does not block well, but he sure can run. 86-yard touchdown. 7-0, Steelers get the jump, and in the third quarter, same combination, Rudolph going deep for Pickens one more time, and he's gone again, this time for 46 yards. Steelers get nearly 300 yards passing from Mason Rudolph and route the Bengals 34-11. Both teams now 8-7. NBA tonight, Raptors hosting the Utah Jazz. Raps struggling 11 and 17, 12 from the East. They are bad outside shooting team, which is not a good deal in a three-point shooting league. Kelly Olenek, Kamloops boy, second season in Utah. Nice driving layup. Kelly earning his $12.2 million salary. Chris Boucher coming off the bench, running the floor, lays it in. But the Raptors have blown a huge lead in the fourth and are now down at nine late in the fourth. And we'll finish with some English Premiership. First place, Arsenal. At third place, Liverpool. Gunners get the jump. Fourth minute, it's uh, Gabrielle elevating for the header off the free kick. 1-0, Arsenal in front. But Liverpool equalize. Who else? Mo Salah. This is brilliant. Finish to the top of the net. His 12th, second in the EPL behind Erling Holland's 14 goals. It ends one all. Arsenal remain first. Liverpool now tied second with surprising Aston Villa. And again, Canucks 7 o'clock puck drop against the Sharks. We'll have highlights and some post-game from Rogers at 11. Looking forward to mm -hmm. it. Okay, thanks, Barry. After the break, it's the end of an era for a popular Christmas home display in Surrey. Stay with us. Well, it's the end of an era for a Cloverdale family who've set up a massive Christmas display at their house for more than 20 years. But as community reporter Safia Pirani tells us, the holiday cheer they've spread is enough to last a lifetime. Okay, he's good. Dan and Andrea Bonito really know a thing or two about spreading festive cheer. Safe to say Christmas is your favorite holiday. Yeah, yes, by far. Starting in early November, the couple decorates their Surrey home on Jersey Drive. And what started from humble beginnings more than 20 years ago has grown to thousands of lights and Christmas characters, raising money for various charities. We just got um, a Santa Claus, and a moose and it just started from there and we just started collecting more and more and more and it got to be this. The roughly four week setup is a family affair. So we have a, a chain gang, a couple up in the attic and a couple, you know, runners and uh, yeah, so it takes uh, a lot of people to do that. You've got elves. Elves. We do. This year, however, is more sentimental. The massive display has become too big and it's time to call it quits. 
The hard part of it, of course, is a 1,300 square foot house. Uh, it all gets stored inside, everything that you see here. But the memories gathered over the years, priceless. See the nativity scene there, Dan gave it to me as a gift one year. Uh, it was a total surprise. Everything here has a story and uh, yeah, would take hours to tell, but everything, every little piece on here uh, has a story. And when it gets dark and the lights turn on, that's when you see the real magic. Even in the comment book, you know, little kids writing in their names and stuff and you know how they love the, 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 the lights and uh, they, they even went as far as to call us grandma and grandpa which yeah, is pretty, pretty great. nice. Making this labor of love over two decades worth it. Just nothing but positive feedback and it's, it's, it's great. We love it, yeah. we love it. Safia Parani, Global News. Sad to see it go. Mm -hmm. But it gets you in the spirit, a lifetime of uh, memories. Yes. There's got to be someone who's willing to take all of those decorations <laughs> and set you them up. The neighbor. Day. People like to look, they don't necessarily like to uh, that, that's a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. I always like the finished product. Just tell me when you're done and I'll go. I, yeah, that is a lot <laughs> of work. Turn on the light switch. Storing all of that in your house. But I mean, it is well worth it when you see those shots at, mm -hmm. at night. Uh, thank you for, for the 20-ish years that uh, you, you uh, supplied that for us. <laughs> Want to take uh, one last look at weather? Yeah. Uh, anticipating making your plans. Uh, tomorrow we are going to see an increase in cloud cover. Some shower and rain is actually going to start to move in as we get in towards the afternoon. Christmas Day, it'll be wet and windy. Looks like a soggy one great for Christmas dinners however if you're indoors and on Boxing Day a few isolated showers will be in the mix it'll be on and off rain but you'll notice temperatures tonight quite chilly getting us in towards tomorrow morning and then it's quite mild even Tuesday Wednesday we'll get into the double digits highs between 10 and 11 degrees rubber boots for Santa yeah <laughs> dreaming of a wet Christmas you bet yeah all right well thank you so much for joining us have a great night